Tonight's episode of Midnight Tea is brought to you in part by Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Download the free app or go to anchor.fm to get started. fellow goths, horror enthusiasts, and children of the sun and moon. I am your humble Los Angeles witch, Moonchild Nil, and welcome to another episode of Midnight Tea. How is everybody doing out there? I hope you are all having a very safe and fun February. I We just passed Chinese New Year in the year of the tiger. I hope you guys had a fantastic Chinese New Year, and also happy Black History Month. You know very much so that me, myself, as an African-American, is definitely celebrating and understanding the knowledge of the importance of understanding Black History Month and understanding the culture that I was kind of robbed of, but I'm getting the chance to finally know and embrace it now. And it's small things of like the way we our people dressed and cultures and hair and even down to the food we eat. And it feels really good to kind of get a sense of where I'm from, even though it's been quite some time. And in the, in the past, I've never truly taken Black History Month super seriously other than knowing it's in the shortest month of the year. But it's still nice to give it attention other than it's just a month that's dedicated to black history. But nonetheless, how is everybody doing out there? This episode of this podcast gets released right on Super Bowl weekend. So if you're like me and you don't live in the heart of downtown Los Angeles, avoid downtown Los Angeles this year because as most of you know, Super Bowl happens to fall not only this weekend, but it's in downtown LA at the SoFi Stadium, which is a little terrifying. Um, so me personally, I'm doing everything humanly possible to avoid being in downtown. So if you need to make any trips to downtown LA on the day of this release of this episode, which is Saturday, would probably be your best bet to hurry up and get down to downtown to get whatever you need, whether it's floral arrangements, fabric, jewelry, toy district, whichever you need. Do it before Sunday because that's going to be madness. But nonetheless, thank you guys all for tuning in. It always means a lot to me when you do. And just a heads up, next week is the same thing. Um, There will not be an episode for another two weeks. So our next episode will be coming out on Friday Friday into Saturday midnight on Saturday the 26th. So we'll have another episode for you by then. But in the meantime, your girl is doing pretty good. Um, I'm a little scared of some of the news we're getting about mask mandates being dropped in LA County starting when the next episode will be released on the 25th. Um, That's the rumored date I was told. Um, I know Orange County will be dropping their mask mandate on the 15th. 
And I don't know, it's a little disconcerting because as we all know, people get to be a certain type of way when you're asked to put your mask on and private establishments can pretty much kind of justify their own rules. But again, when you tell someone to put on their mask, it evokes a certain type of reaction. So it's a little bit of a nervous and jaunting feeling, but I guess it, it is what it is. Um, but your girl just had a very fun and fantastic trip to Disneyland last week. It was amazing. I, I don't think I can encourage it enough that if you haven't been to Disneyland lately, please go and have yourself a fantastic time. I even worked myself into a, a little bit of a foot injury at Disneyland because your girl walked the equivalent of 12 miles in her favorite Demonia stompers and it hurt. That's the Concord boots, by the way. So regardless, it was a phenomenal trip. I cannot wait for my next chance to go back to Disneyland and have more experiences. But enough of that. Let's go ahead and jump into tonight's episode. And time for our quick disclaimer that tonight's episode may contain strong language, possible spoilers for books and media, and dark topics. So this is your viewer or listener discretion advised. Alright guys, so let's go ahead and start with the review of the movie Nightmare Alley that was released in 2022 on HBO Max and Hulu. Now, I know this movie came out in theaters. I even saw the trailer for it. I was very mesmerized by this movie, but a little confused about the plot. Um, just because I've actually watched the original Nightmare Alley that came out in 1947. I watched it with my mom, but I didn't really understand what was going on because I saw it as a kid, but my mom was very fascinated by it. And I have unfortunately never read the book um, that was released in 1946 by author William Lindsley Gresham. So walking into Nightmare Alley felt familiar yet different. Um, so in, in in preparation for giving this review, I actually not only watched the 2022 Nightmare Alley, um, even though it says 2021 when you look it up on Hulu or HBO Max, but I guess I'm just going off of the fact of when it was released on streaming in a verse to when it was released in theaters. So in preparation of this, I watched the 2020, I'll say 2021 release of Nightmare Alley. I also rewatched the 1947 version, which kind of gave me a little bit more clarity of what exactly am I walking into. And yeah, there's a little bit of a side-by-side -side comparison. Um, so just a heads up from here on out, there will be spoilers talked about in this movie. Um, I, I'll do my best to keep the, the most major spoilers out, mostly the ending. But yeah, we will talk about it. So from my understanding of the book to the two movies is that it is basically about the rise and fall of people who work in the very seedy sideshow freak show carnivals of what of the timing of the era doesn't they don't ever really say but i'm assuming it's around the 1920s and 30s given by the looks of the cars that you see in the 2021 nightmare alley um and it's basically the rise and fall of a character named stanton stan carlisle and how he becomes a grifter joins into this sideshow and basically is kind of entranced by the world but also gets the understandings of how the hierarchy of the carnival of the carnival folks or carnies as they're called i don't know if that's that's a um improper word or if it's a slur and if it is i'm sorry i have no idea if it is but the life of how a carny works 
and the hierarchies, the tiers of, you know, what level would you come in at? And I didn't even know this until I've seen these movies again, but the term geek, which refers to a drunken man that basically essentially lost his mind and they feed him live chickens as a sideshow attraction. So Stan Carlyle, who's played by Bradley Cooper in this version, he kind of warms up to a woman who claims to be a medium, but it's nothing more than a a really well-orchestrated vaudeville trickery between her and her husband, where certain words and codes and numbers could give you an insight onto how to read a person and basically predict their fortune or tell them, oh, you, you know, I... I can get in contact with your dead relative, though their kind of code of ethic is that they don't do what they call spook shows, which, by the way, spook is a derogatory slur to black. So be very careful about using that. Um, But they call it a spook show in which they don't do it because to mess with people's dead relatives is a kind of a big taboo and a no, no in their world. Nonetheless, an an unforeseeable thing happens, and not only does Stan get to know the tricks of the trade, but he takes another fellow carny with him named Molly, who they run away, and they basically build themselves an empire of working a schlummy sideshow carnival to now being kind of like this psychic medium to the elite and powerful in New York. And it catches it catches the eye of a psychiatrist who ends up kind of becoming an accomplice. So that's as far as spoilers as I want to go into with the story of all this. There's much, much more that happens and a lot more detail that I'm, I'm not going to go into. But so what do I think of the movie? Honestly, it reminded me a lot of the movie The Prestige, which I absolutely love this movie. I never read the book, but from what I've been told between the prestige book and the movie, they're not the same. Uh, Elements were kind of cherry-picked from the book to incorporate into the movie, but it's not the same. Um, But I get the impression of the prestige where you're trying to uncover what's essentially a magic trick, but it also has the feel of Crimson Peak, which I know a lot of friends of mine who are big Guillermo del Toro fans absolutely love the art and the, the texture, the the feel that the mo- that his movies give. And I understand completely because I'm, a, I'm also a very big fan of Guillermo del Toro. I have quite a few of his works. And I can see what they mean by this, by kind of combining the two. So I, right off, obviously, because this movie has been made by Guillermo del Toro, I will always recommend it. Because I've, I've failed to see a movie of his that I didn't at least like. Even if I didn't love it, I at least liked it. And... I apologize for the sound of the plane that you hear. But nonetheless, if you liked The Prestige with Scarlett Johansson, uh, Christian Bale, and Hugh Jackman, then if you like that movie, if you like Crimson Peak, this is definitely for you. It, It walks that, it straddles that line of gothic, but it's very art deco. Um, it's, it's, um... How am I wording this? It's it's grimy, but it's also classy. It's There's something about it that you gravitate to. And characters that were portrayed in the movie by, like, of course, Bradley Cooper, Rooney Mara, William Defoe, um, were, were well done. Kate Blanchett, 
I absolutely loved her too. Toni Collette in the beginning of the movie was phenomenal. Um, and it's basically, I guess you could say this is a little bit of a spoiler, how everything kind of comes full circle for this story. And I think it's done really well. Also, Ron Perlman's in this movie. I don't feel like we got to see enough of him. And that's a shame because I fucking love Ron Perlman. This man is amazing. He's not in enough. Not in enough things. And of course, I lolled because this character name is Bruno. Like, I haven't been hearing that enough from Encanto, which I'm still obsessed over. Yes, I'm one of those. I'm obsessed with Encanto, but not the movie we're going to talk about here. Um, But yes... If you have not gotten a chance to see Nightmare Alley, um, definitely go and check this out. This is actually a really solid movie. I must admit a little bit that around the time Stan meets the psychiatrist, her name is, I believe, is uh, Lilith Lilith Ritter. There we go. Um, I kind of zoned out a little bit. I don't know if that was just because I was distracted because my phone was ringing or, or texting and checking on something real quick on social media, but... It's not that it, I was bored. I don't. I didn't find myself bored. I just felt myself distracted briefly by something else. So I kind of zoned out a little bit at that point. But I still found the movie very engaging. About one man's travel through the ups and downs of being a sideshow performer. And I think it's told really well. Even going up to the 1947 version of the movie... Well, little things were changed here and there compared to the plot line of the 2021 movie. Um, I'm I'm not going to really sit there and go between the differences. I definitely think this is something that you should check out on your own because I think it's actually quite smart. So with that in mind, guys, my review for Nightmare Alley, it's like a 3.5, almost a 4 out of 5 because it's pretty solid. I, I Okay, let, let's give it a broader spectrum from 1 to 10. I would give it a 7.5. It's pretty good. Uh, like I said, especially if you liked The Prestige with Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson, and Christian Bale. If you liked Crimson Peak with Tom Hiddleston and um, how am I forgetting her name all of a sudden? Jessica Chastain. Then yes, you're going to love these because it's a perfect mash of both. And I think the, the way the story's told is pretty cohesive. It's pretty, pretty solid. So if you have Hulu or HBO Max, go and check them out. They are streaming right now for free. All right, guys, this next topic comes to us from my favorite news source, Deadline.com. And this was one that uh, released about a week ago. So might be old news for you now, but definitely you have to hear about it. And that is Goosebumps live action series heads to Disney+. Plus. Oh, trust me, I was shooketh when I heard about this. Disney Plus is going to take goosebumps. I mean, that's not a bad direction, honestly. If you need some children's reading material that's considered spooky but kid-friendly. And I dare say it, my millennial generation created some pretty good stuff. We had goosebumps. We had Are You Afraid of the Dark? And a lot of people don't remember this, but there was a show called Eerie Indiana, which was a little bit of a spinoff of Goosebumps. But I digress. Let's go ahead and read this article, shall we? Disney Plus has picked up Goosebumps, a live action series based on R.L. Stein's best-selling books. The new version, which has been in development since April of 2020, hails from the Scholastic Entertainment, the media division of Scholastic, Neil H. Moritz, 
producer of the Goosebumps and Goosebumps 2 films and Sony Pictures TV. The news, which had been previously announced, was part of Disney's branded television TCA presentation Monday. Written by Nick Stoller and Rob Letterman, Goosebumps combines teen comedy with horror, action-adventure, mystery, and psychological thrill. The series follows a group of five high schoolers who unleash supernatural forces upon their town and must all work together thanks to and in spite of their friendships, rivalries, and pasts with each other in order to save it, learning much about their own parents' teenage secrets in the process. Stoller and Letterman, executive producer with Moritz, uh, Pavan Shetty, Connor Welch, Eole Luchese, and Caitlin Friedman. Letterman directs the first episode. Sony Pictures Television Studios is the studio. Published by Scholastic, Goosebumps is one of the best-selling book series of all time with more than 400 million English language books in print, plus international editions in 32 languages. So that is the article in full. If you want to read it for yourself, it is on Deadline.com. And yeah, guys, that sounds actually kind of exciting. This does seem a little familiar to as I believe back in 20, 2019 or 2020. I'm, I'm, my memory's a little fuzzy. But that was around the time Nickelodeon started to do a three-parter, um, kind of like mini-movie into doing a reboot of Are You Afraid of the Dark? And since then, they have rebooted the Are You Afraid of the Dark series, which was one of my personal favorites from Nickelodeon, I dare say. Because everybody remembers the Are You Afraid of the Dark intro. That shit was nightmare fuel. It still is. So Goosebumps, I felt was, when I watched it in the 90s, was... Sorry about the helicopter noise in the background. It's an active night because of Super Bowl. Um... I remember the um, Goosebumps series in the 90s was not as scary as Goosebumps. I remember it being a little more kid-friendly, but there was still elements that were disturbing. Uh, But, you know, disturbing enough to be very PG for kids. And I quite honestly enjoyed it. Now, I personally have not seen the two Goosebumps movies. I refuse to see the first one because I don't like praying mantises. And a gigantic one destroying the city immediately makes me itchy. Even saying it. Even saying it doesn't sit well with me. Sorry, I heard a random noise and that scared me half to death. But nonetheless, not for me. Um... That's not to say that I wouldn't give Goosebumps 2 a chance. But that being said, guys, go ahead and check out that article on Deadline to find out more about Goosebumps on Disney+. Plus. To the best of my knowledge, there is no word of Disney uh, Disney or Disney Plus getting the original Goosebumps series from the 90s, which I think would be really cool, mostly for the nostalgia goggles for kids such as myself who grew up with it. Though I do believe, and I could be wrong, because it's been a while since I've looked, but the original Goosebumps uh, uh, cartoon, <laughs> the original Goosebumps live-action series from the 90s is or was available on Netflix. Um, so if I were you guys, I would go ahead, give it a look, see if it's there, see if it's for you, 
And yeah, guys, if there's any more news coming forward through Disney Plus about it, I will be sure to let you know. And with that, guys, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, but we will return after a word from our sponsors. All right, guys, welcome back. So now we're going to jump over and talk a little bit about Monster High. Yes, my all-time favorite doll franchise, besides Living Dead Dolls, has some new upcoming news for us. And that came as of five days ago, if you're listening to this on exactly at midnight, came the news came to us five days ago with Monster High's uh, Instagram leaving just a blue post with a blue heart with a flower in it. And it is tagged with Maisie Wilnex, Wil, Willinx. I am so sorry if I am butchering your name. Maisie Willinx and Monster High. So there's going to be a collaboration between this designer and Monster High. And what was that collaboration going to be, you ask? Monster High earrings. Yes, Maisie is teaming up with Monster High to give us a human-sized recreation of Frankie Stein's iconic blue skullette earrings. They will be on sale on at Mattel Creations' website first thing this morning. So if you are listening to this podcast as it is coming out, set your alarms to be at Mattel Creation no later than 8.50 in the morning because they go on sale at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You definitely do not want to miss out on these earrings because much like the Skelector dolls of Pennywise, the Grady Twins, Beetlejuice, and Greta from Gremlins, these earrings will sell out quickly. So that is 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you want to get more images and, and idea of what these earrings look like, feel free to check out Monster High's Instagram page. And if not there, you can always go to Mattel Creations Instagram where there are photos of the earrings up there themselves. You can also go to the website right now, Mattel Creations, and check out the countdown in which they will be listing the earrings, what they're made from, and the price. And this is one of those things where you need to be there the minute the earrings drop if you would like to get a set of your own. Sorry, guys, I had to go back and make one slight correction. The... Maisie Monster High um, Frankie Stein earrings that will be going on sale today is actually going on sale at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I know I originally said 9 a.m. because usually that's the time the Skelector dolls go on sale. So correct again, they're not going to be going on sale at 9 a.m. this morning. They will be at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So adjust your clocks as need be. And with that, guys, let's go ahead and jump into tonight's listener-friendly asked questions. I have chosen three for you tonight. And the first question comes to me via Seymour33. And they ask if I have any upcoming conventions. Um, yes, I do. Um, right now, the only ones I have planned is San Diego Comic-Con. That'll be in July. I believe it's July... Let me check my sources because, you know, the last thing you, your girl wants to do is get something wrong. So, San Diego Comic-Con 2022 is going to be on July 21st through July 24th, Thursday through Sunday. Um, I will only be attending Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, as 
truthfully, that's all the days I truly need. And of course, I'm going on the suspicion, not confirmed, suspicion that there will be something monster high for me to look forward to. Not a promise, not a guarantee, just a hunch. Um, and no, that's not an insider knowledge. I don't have any currently at the moment outside of those earrings that I must have and I will report to you if I get them. Um, other than that, I will, I'm planning to go to D23, which if you guys are not aware, that is the Disney convention that's held every other year in Anaheim, California at the Anaheim Convention Center that's right behind Disneyland. Um, I will only be attending two days. I'll only be going Friday and Saturday. Um, it's still kind of up in the air which cosplays I will choose to wear. Um, one day I'm, I'm, I'm most likely, one of the days, most likely I'll be wearing both of my Esmeralda cosplays with the second day a toss-up between two of my very favorite Disney princesses. So not 100% sure yet, but we'll see. Other than that, um, it'll probably be Monsterpalooza, Son of Monsterpalooza. Um, Monsterpalooza being in, I believe, uh, March or April. There's also Bats Day, which is not confirmed that I'm going to, but I would like to. And that'll be May 8th. Um, that is Bats Day Fun at the Park at Disneyland. Um, Son of Monsterpalooza is usually held in September. Um, I'm going to try to go to that and possibly Midsummer Scream. Um, Monsterpalooza, Son of Monsterpalooza and Midsummer Screams also all plan all, all horror or spooky adjacent events, including Bats Day, Fun Day at the Park, which is the goth holiday at Disneyland. So a few things in the works. None of these are set in stone at the moment. Um, just because there's a possible other piece of good news that I, I'm not liberty to discuss right at this moment, but hopefully, um, is going to be written in stone or planned out a little more thoroughly sometime soon. So yeah, that's kind of it for upcoming conventions. Um, I usually don't plan these too far in advance aside from Comic-Con. Um, D23 is every other year, so it makes it simpler. Whereas Comic-Con, aside from COVID, has been consistently every year. So thank you, Seymour33, for that question. My next two questions will come anonymously. And this one asks, would you ever get back into drifting? Um, the itch is there. The itch is very much there. Um, personally, no. The easier answer is no. Um, because my friend Scott, may he rest in peace, was the main reason I got into drifting in the first place. And in a way, it, it, doesn't, feel, it doesn't feel the same without him. Um, being such a main influence in me being in the drift scene. I, I still carry his legacy with me in terms of playing racing video games like Initial D or Wan Gone Midnight, which are games I still love to this day. I still listen to the soundtrack that's on Spotify because it reminds me so much of him and reminds me how much I miss him. Um... And I still do really good at racing, even against guys who are way more seasoned drifters than I ever was. But no, truthfully, it's being into the modded car scene, especially the JDM modded car scene is a very expensive hobby. And it's one I cannot afford to do anymore. Um, 
Plus, it's, it's left to the young. I have too many other hobbies that I committed myself to. And drifting is just not it anymore. Not for me. I still enjoy it. I still go to car meets from time to time, especially the Paul Walker car meets in Valencia that happen every September and November. Um, for those not in the know, Paul Walker being a very big car head himself outside of the Fast and Furious movies. There's two car meets held in Valencia at the crash site. One for his birthday, one for his death anniversary. And it's I've, I've hung with these crowds pretty much every time I've gone. They, they're nothing short of super chill. They're really cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a lifestyle I, I miss for sure. You know, I miss owning a JDM car. My favorite still being my 240 Marceline, which I no longer own. But no, and unfortunately that's, it's just not in the cards for me to get back into drifting. Like if I had a friend who wanted me to like mess around with their car, sure, but no, um, I, I closed the door on that chapter a long time ago and not in a, not in a sad or a bad way, you know, it was just a, it was a peaceful send off if you, if you will, once I let go of Marceline and I got a car that was a little more practical and not a missile. Um, in case some of you guys out there do not know, missile car means a car that you basically build to destroy. And Marceline, my Nissan 240SX, was a missile, but she was a missile that I loved very dearly. So no, unfortunately no, but thank you Anonymous for that question. And my last question asks, any plans on going back to Hawaii? Oh, there's always plans to go back to Hawaii. It's just a matter of when and time off and money. Um, there is a small discussion I'm having with myself, <laughs> essentially. But there is a plan to possibly go back home in June. Not a guarantee by any means. Not a promise, especially one I, I feel like I'm not ready to keep just yet. But there's a chance. There's a chance of going home this year. Um, thank you, Capital One Venture Card with airline miles, because that's the only way I can do it. Um, but yeah, nothing promised, but yeah, there is plans. Um, originally when I moved back to California in 2007, the goal was to go home every year, and it kind of turned into every two years. So I went back home in 2009 again in 2012, and then again in 2015, unfortunately, to bury a friend. So I haven't been home since. It's been seven years now since I last went home, so a trip home is, is overdue. And I think I'm almost financially ready to make that jump and go and take some time off to go back home. Um, that's also COVID permitting because Hawaii is not a place that really needs tourists right now, and since I no longer live there, which, if you're local to the island, it's called Kama'aina. And if you're not Kama'aina, you're a tourist. So now is not a good time to be touring Hawaii. But it's it's all a very big we'll see. Um, just because I kind of want to recreate all my old stomping grounds of... Now, I know locations and stuff have changed over the years since I was last home. But even with my uh, the previous question with my drifting friends... Our common Saturday night was going to the arcade, meeting up at the arcade at like eight or nine o'clock, playing DDR, 
Pada Pada Paradise, Initial D, or Wangan Midnight, or any of our favorite fighting games like Capcom vs. SNK2, King of Fighters, Guilty Gear. Um, playing that all night, uh, well, all night, so to speak, till like maybe midnight or whenever our money ran out. Then we would go up to Tantalus and drift for a few hours, usually till like around two in the morning. And then we'd end up at Kahala, in this area called Kahala, which had a restaurant called Zippy's, which is kind of the equivalent of a Hawaiian Denny's. And we'd go there and eat at like 2 a.m. because that one was open 24 hours. Have a meal and just talk shit and just be the stupid teenage teenagers or young adults that we were. And I have nothing but the most fondest memories of that. And if we didn't end up at Zippy's in Kahala, we'd be in Portlock in Hawaii Kai, which is one of the most beautiful places in the world I can imagine to go see a sunset or sunrise. So, yeah, the itch to go home and just stop my old grounds, you know. It, it's, it, it hits a certain part of my heart. Like, a painful but, painful but yearning, if, if it makes any sense, to go back home. So, yes, it, th- there is talks of going home. Um, if I'm lucky by June for the possibility of going home for my birthday, but not set in stone, but we will see. So thank you so much, Anonymous, for that question. And I think that's going to handle listener-friendly ask questions tonight. I do apologize if I did not get to your question tonight, but as always, feel free to leave a DM in either my Instagram or TikTok if you have a question you would like me to answer in a future episode. And that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in on tonight's episode. I know this one ran a little shorter than usual, but it is me also wanting to pull back a little bit and kind of get back to episodes being roughly 30 to 45 minutes when it's me solo, maybe an hour to an hour and a half once I have guests on. Um, I actually don't know if I'll have another guest on for this season of the podcast, but nonetheless, the ones that the friends that I do have come online, I always appreciate their patronage. I always appreciate them willing to take the time out to come online in these episodes. And from you, the audience, I've seen how my listenership fluctuates because you guys like when I have guests and I really do appreciate that. So thank you all just the same. And as always, you can find me on any of my social medias. My Twitter is MoonchildNil. My TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube are MorningstarMoonchild. Go ahead and check them out and give me a like, subscribe, follow, or share if you like any of the content that I do. I also know my YouTube is still pretty barren right now. Barren with me. I'm still trying to get some things figured out. Um, I've actually had the blessing that a friend of mine wants to help me build my dream desktop computer because he is ridiculously talented at making and building computers and he wants to build a new one so bad and of course I would love nothing more than for him to build me my dream one that I can actually use I could actually even start doing twitch which I really do want to do um I don't know if I'll do it necessarily for gaming because I'm not really much of a big gamer but it would still be really cool to have a twitch and have something else that broadcasts if not youtube itself so that all will be possible, hopefully within this new year. Um, just not nothing with a solid date as of yet. And like I said in the earlier part of this episode, next week there will not be an episode. As right now, I'm still sticking to the once every other week for a podcast episode. Plus, 
next weekend. I'm actually going to be in San Diego uh, visiting some friends because they deeply wanted a Scream movie marathon. So we're going to be watching all four Scream films plus Scream 5 in theaters, which is, again, I've as I reviewed in a previous episode, you need to see this movie. It's pretty fantastic. So with that in mind, yes, there will no there won't be there won't be an episode next week, but look forward to an episode midnight Saturday the 20th, uh midnight Friday into Saturday the 25th into the 26th. But until then guys, please stay safe over this Super Bowl weekend. People can get pretty rowdy over sporting events. And also because this episode will come out on a Saturday, and February 14th is on Monday. Have a wonderful, safe Valentine's Day with someone that you truly love, cherish, even if, if they're a husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, or even just that one friend that definitely should not be alone on a holiday where you should be loving anybody every day anyway. And if you're single, have a self-love day, whatever way that speaks to you. Me personally, when I used to have self-love days, it was a nice dinner date by myself. It would be a nice drive, somewhere nice to go check out the stars and just call somebody you love like your mom. That's definitely something that works for me. So whatever makes you feel love in your heart on Valentine's Day, do that. Also, don't be afraid to reach out to any of your friends on social media that you don't talk to that often, as that's even been one of my New Year's resolutions this year is... When Facebook alerts me that there's a birthday coming up, which I'm bad at remembering birthdays, you know, wish them a happy birthday. A friend you haven't spoken to in a few years, hit them up. Just say hi. Just reach out to them. It's, it's the best feeling ever. I've been doing that a lot for friends from home, and whether it's here in California, home in Hawaii, or even some of my friends in Australia. Hit them up. I'm sure they'll appreciate it. Till then, guys, stay safe. Spread kindness. It costs nothing. And blessed be.